Hi, good evening. Welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 121. We are recording, uh, I say a day after Roma defeated uh, Kari 1-0. Um, and then we'll be talking about that game. And then we'll also be previewing the game on Thursday in the Coppa Italia against Lecce, who are in, uh, are in Serie B. Uh, with me today, I've got James. How are we, James? Okay, thank you very much. And we've also got Imran. How are we? Good, thank you. Um, we did have a little discussion pre-pod uh, about postponements in Serie A and uh, in the Premier League. So I just wanted to talk about this on the podcast as well. Do you think the way that Serie A has handled it is a lot different to what the, over here in the Premier League, James? I just want to start this off before we well, can go go into this yeah well i think they seem to have like um they haven't suffered the amount of postponements so mm. um the league's basically on pretty much on schedule and uh i think they're to be commended for that and i think that's the most important thing because when you've got like uh you know uh games coming up at the end of the season that you know are you going to and of course next month we'll have the resumption of the uh European club competition. So um, how are you going to fit in all those postponed games? That's why I think the priority is to get the games played. And albeit, you know, if you do lose some players um, who happen to be unavailable because they've, uh, you know, got coronavirus, well, that's that's just the, uh, you know, unfortunate. But... um, but so I think, yeah, I think in Serie A, in my opinion, from what I've seen, it's been ha- handled very well. No, that's fair enough. Uh, Imran, I've just asked the same question because on Saturday there was fears that this game that was played yesterday could be postponed because Calorie did have five, I think it was five players who had tested positive and that could have sent them over the 35% threshold, which was, I think, introduced not so long ago that if you had 35% of your players who tested positive, you could postpone the game. So just, Imran, what were your thoughts about the way it's been handled uh, here in the UK where games are being postponed left, right and centre, where the, the squads have been ravished with COVID to the way it's been handled in Serie A? Um, I think the the situation is different from the two countries in mm. terms of uh, how how I mean the COVID situation situation in itself and it affects um, the clubs differently. So I think that's one of the reasons why it has been dealt with differently in the UK because they have I believe they've had you know a more challenging situation currently at least compared to Italy, but uh, like James said, I think that uh, it has been handled uh, I would say acceptably in uh, in Italy, and luckily there hasn't been many postponements if there will be, there will be it will be a bit difficult to fit into um, you know, in terms of the schedule and available dates, I think it will be challenging. Yeah, um, I think we were, we were talking off pod at Burnley. I think this is their fifth postponement. We had the debacle of the Tottenham Arsenal game where Arsenal had one COVID case, but then had injuries, suspensions, and they've just got rid of a couple of players, namely one to Roma, and they're already loaning a player in Pablo Mari to Udinese. It's just, in a way, it's been handled recently over here, it's just a 
been a bit hit and miss, but I think the way it's been handled in Italy in some cases, like the games on the Epiphany, where was it four games were called off, and then you had the debacle of the Napoli situation. I think it's just been a bit hit and miss by both, but I can see both of your points. The way I'm asking this, as I said earlier, Calorie had some injuries. They've had some COVID players. They had some players who've just come back from COVID. They were in the squad on uh, for Sunday. Um, I sent you in around a message saying that there was like um, the press comments by Walter Mazzari got postponed. I think on Saturday afternoon we were a bit up in the air saying, "Is this going to go ahead?" You said we should witness comfortably, <laughs> um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was just um, it's just a bit of a chaotic mess. But then I saw. I think a tweet by one of the Roma journalists saying that the, the game would go ahead on Sunday and everything would be okay. Um, so it's a good segue onto the game on yesterday. So Roma won one nil thanks to a Sergio Oliveira penalty. Um, for me, it was a workaholic win. The team played, I thought they played okay. I didn't think there was pretty much no worries. I think just actually apart from that, sorry, the attack wasn't the greatest. I think, they were less clinical up front. I just wanted to know what you guys thought, James. I'll just start, start with you first and I'll come over to you, Imran. Just what were your thoughts on yesterday's performance? Do you think if Rome were a bit more clinical, they could have got more out of the game, uh, going a bit more confidence going into the Lecce game? Or was it just like, we needed retribution, we needed a reaction, I don't really care about the, the performance, the result was what was needed? Well, I thought we needed a good performance as well. And I think that um, the uh, the major problem in the performance was not... I mean, Cagliari had some, you know, uh, moments, uh, you know, a short spell in the first half and the second half where they, you know, could have scored. I mean, they had that uh, um, moment where the ball hit the crossbar. after mm. Roy Patrice save, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think our main problem was that um, in attack, we didn't look like we knew how to attack. To mm. me, it looked like, um, you know, we, we had some good possession and good opportunities and we didn't really cr- um, create enough out of it. We were inefficient. And I think it came down to the fact that the players didn't seem very, um, they didn't seem very coordinated in attack. And and that's why it looked like so difficult to score. I remember thinking at one stage, scoring a goal seems like you know trying to solve the riddle of the Sphinx. You know, it's 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 um, <laughs> it, it's uh, it, it seems so extremely difficult. You know, and I think it. it I, I can only put it down to the work done on the training ground. You know, because I don't think it's the quality of the players. It's the fact that um, they don't seem as sync in sync with each other as they should be certainly at this stage of the season and um so um uh i think that's the uh yeah i think i think it, my main takeaway from the game was that that we were not productive enough and efficient enough with the possession we had and to be honest Cagliari, as i said they had those two spells that i recall but they they were pretty mediocre you know they didn't exactly uh do a lot and um or play particularly well themselves so uh i think it was a missed opportunity really to to like boost confidence ahead of um 
the forthcoming games before that break that you were talking about at the end of uh, the month. Yeah, for the World Cup qualifiers in South America. Do you think they were just lacking a bit of cutting edge in the final third? Because many of the opportunities that they had were just wide, straight, the keeper, Cranio, blocks, and then there was yes. a couple of chances where the 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 thinking going the final product going into the final third the wrong ball may have been played the decision making probably wasn't at the greatest yes I think that that affects everything if if your decision making's off then it you know it can yeah. it, it can make an attack look quite poor and um and also trying too much I mean Zaniolo had some good moments you know uh, or a couple of good moments good run where he was imprecise in his finish just put it past the far post. So, um, yes, yes, that, that was my main, like, um, theme of, uh, of, uh, from the performance. No, that's, that's, that's quite logical. Um, Imran, what were your thoughts on yesterday's performance? I think it was, uh, it was a good performance in many ways. The only, uh, negative point was like James mentioned, um, you know, we were not uh, clinical enough and, uh, but performance-wise, I think that we stepped up. We kept up some of the, uh, some of, the, you know, some of the positive things we saw from the Juventus game, uh, especially pressing up high. I think at times we saw it, and this is some. This is where I would like to, you know, I think uh, Felix deserves uh, uh, a mention and praise for his. Uh, his contribution uh, high up in the pitch, the way he pressures uh, the opponent. Um, I think he's a key player to winning back possession high up. Uh, um, so you can understand why he started that game. Uh, so I was happy with, with that part. Uh, I thought that we did well. And I personally, I don't, th- I didn't never felt really threatened by Cagliari uh, in Contrary to the Sampdoria game, I felt that they had, uh, um, I mean, they looked more dangerous. So I think we were still somehow able to neutralize uh, Cagliari apart from that one chance of Joao Pedro. And um, could be down to uh, the midfield, uh, especially being able to keep possession uh, and being comfortable with possession. So... Uh, so that was good, and like I mentioned pre-potter, uh, I saw that we finished the game with yeah, around 62% possession, depending on where you, which uh, website you look up. Uh, but that's the second highest in Serie A this season after the Salernitana game, and the other game was like I mentioned the Empoli game where we also had 62, 62 I think. Uh, so all these three games, I think they. Uh, they they showed that uh, we were we were in com- more or less complete control of the game, but we of course need to work more on being more clinical up front. Preferably Zaniolo, who I think he needs to keep things simple. Sometimes <clears throat> you know finish it off the first you know chance he gets. Uh, because he often, you know, receives the ball, takes a touch or two extra, and then, you know, it's um, the whole chance has been wasted. Um, but I, 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 I was actually happy with the performance. I would have have liked to seen 
two or three nil victory. I think we were not so far off from it. We, I, I believe that we were closer to scoring than they were, apart from that big chance, and should have had a penalty too. I think, or if that was not a penalty, then I think the Milan. And the one Zlatan received against us in October, mm. whenever mm. it was, I don't think that should have been a penalty. So, um, yeah, I think overall I'm happy with the performance, very happy with Sergio Oliveira. Uh, and a lot of the characteristics that we described and that we hoped uh, that he would bring, um, I think turned out to be true. He, his presence uh, gave... Uh, uh, the team uh, something extra uh, in terms of uh, pos- keeping possession. They didn't panic. They were more comfortable with possession. And uh, his personality, his presence, I think it made a difference. So I might have to eat my words. Uh, <laughs> I think we all uh, will, they, actually. But but, uh, but I'm okay with that because, yeah. you know, I, I, uh, I think that we made uh, a fair assessment of, mm. the, uh, of the situation and we presented all the... Uh, you know all the characteristics that we thought he would bring to this team, and um, ultimately whether whether it will be a success or not. You know, it's very difficult to say. But uh, and the season is long. This was just the first game. We'll have to see how it goes. But uh, first impression, very good, very good. I think he brings something different to the team, both in terms of personality uh, and style of play. Uh, we don't have we don't have a player of his. Calib- I mean, of his uh, profile in this team, so he brings something uh, different, which I think we will we can we can benefit from. Yeah, um, I was actually going to make a, a massive point about his debut because I thought he was he played really really well, and also a very nice touch on the penalty by Jordan Veritu to give him the ball and say you're our penalty taker. You can uh, you can take the the spot from twelve yards. Um, as Imran has made his point about his debut, James, what were your thoughts on Sergio Oliveira's debut? Um, I think we might have to have some humble pie after our part the other day, but I think it's it's just because I know it's a small sample size, but he played one game. I think we will we will judge him at the end of the season, but I thought he's probably one one of the two three best players on the pitch, along with Vinya and Kumbula. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think it was like <laughs> giving him the penalty kick to take was quite a good idea because mm. uh, Veratu had missed his last, was it last two? So Yeah, um, and, and the we Pellegrini won last week yeah, as well. And, and I was, I actually thought, oh, this could be could be a good idea, you know, give it to one of the new boys because apparently Maitland-Niles is pretty handy from the penalty yeah. spot as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think what stood out for me was the confidence he played with. He really seemed to... Pl- be very confident and I think he gave the team uh, some kind of assurance you know that sometimes they look a little bit insecure of themselves and um, and I thought he he looked he looked really confident and uh, as you say he played very well um, as you say it's a small sample size as well so we'll see as time wears on but um, uh, so far so good definitely do you think if Jose sticks with this system do you think if he goes to a 4-3-3 he'd be the ideally ideal player to play as the defensive midfielder as like a regista going forward so just or do you think as a 4-2-3-1 he can just sit and let the other players roam this is a general question to both of you yeah i think it from memory doesn't Mourinho prefer more like kind of solid tigerish type 
players yeah. to play in that role. So I'm not sure if uh, he'd be willing to use him in that regard. I mean, it's an idea, but um, I'm not sure that that would be Mourinho's preference anyway. No, that's that's fair enough. How about yourself, Imran? Before, I wanted to talk about another penalty incident from yesterday and also the Bard that almost sent Gel Pedro out of Rome. Uh, that was quite nasty. Um, yeah, what were your thoughts? If, 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 if Jose sticks with this formation, do you see him being the sitter of like the Regista or do you think someone else, as James said, a bit tigerish in the midfield? Uh, I would prefer him in a four three three, I think we it would have been better to have a defensive midfielder like mm. you know with the characteristics that James described, and this were a hope. You know, there's a lot of talk about Kamara from Marseille, and you know a, a player of his type, if not him, someone similar with those characteristics uh, would be better. But then again, then you have to ask where the other players will play. I think currently. Veretu is out of form, so you need to give him some rest. Mm, uh, agreed. Allow, allow him to uh, allow him to you know regain his form, restitute, and you know see where it goes. Um, Mkhitaryan probably the same, but they can be used as rotational players. So I don't have any problems with that. I think that um, if we get uh, a defensive midfield of, of that type, I think it's a bit unlikely, but you never know. Then I think we will we will have different options in midfield, which will which will increase our chances uh, of uh, doing better in the second half of the season. Because yeah, you saw yesterday if we didn't have uh, uh, Ainsley, then I think we would be like Maureen said, we would be in, in trouble. Yeah, I would agree with that. There was two incidents. You. Imran mentioned a penalty yesterday on Zaniolo because it he had, um, I would say it was quite similar to the Roger Banyas one yesterday, uh, from, what was it, October uh, against Milan. Uh, same situations, but I could see why it wasn't given because Carb only did get part of the ball, same as the Roger Banyas challenge. But Ainsley Maitland-Niles gave away a free kick on the left back who was the left back for Calary yesterday oh Dalber and he got called pulled back for a handball there was also another incident in the Calary penalty area where one of the centre halves made a sliding tackle but also handled the ball I'm amazed that didn't go to VAR even the British commentator was saying that that should have went to penalty I we've as us Roma fans we've we've had to deal with the inconsistency of referees this season. And I, I thought at times the referee, yes, they had an okay game, but you had to rely a little bit on VAR for the, the two instances for the penalty that wasn't given. And then the handball, which was given, which was a ridiculous decision, how he did not give it in the first place. But as, Rome, as football fans, we just want consistency in referees and incidents were, that happened on two different parts of the pitch. One was given, one was not. Is it, is it, no, it's, it's too much to ask for for just consistency in games. It's just it's baffling sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, well, the VAR obviously also introduces a, a, a grey area. I'm not a big fan of it at all, but um, it introduces a grey area itself because now referees don't go onto the pitch thinking it's, you know, they're in their all the decisions are in their exclusive domain. You know, there's someone else watching. So, um, and I think it was almost inevitable that it would lead to a decline in the standard of, of the 
officials on the pitch, you know, because they don't, you know, they do have this like, insurance policy uh, behind them. And I mean, I, I actually don't think the, the penalty kick we got yesterday was a penalty kick. I think it was too close. Cause okay. I think, yeah. I, I think it was, uh, the shot was very fierce and, and, and I just don't see how the player can remove yeah, 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 his, okay, yeah. you know, in time. And, um, and you see players move. Yes, his arm was sort of uh, extended, you could say. But you see players all the time moving their body. And that's part of football, isn't it? You you use your body to you contort your body in order to control the ball to 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 move around the pitch and so on. So, um, but in relation to the uh, the penalty kick that was uh, awarded and then reviewed. And then it was overturned on the review. I think the referee got that decision right in the same way, exactly as you said, where Maresca got that decision wrong in the game against Milan when he mm. reviewed it. And then uh, basically the, the, uh, the original decision stood. So um, so I think, I think if you give that penalty kick that he gave uh, and then overturned, if, if, if that stood, that creates too much of a kind of... Um, you know, you, you, are you then saying uh, a defender can't really make a tackle Tackle, in the penalty area and then, and, and play the ball and, or, you know, the majority of the ball. And so I think um, overall, I think the referee was okay, but I do, I, I would have said that the, Say, I understand why he gave us that penalty kick that um, Oliveira scored, but I, I think it was a harsh decision. No, that's that, that's understood. I can see why. Yeah, because you've seen some penalties given this season where they're appealing and it's they're about two foot away, and then there's yeah. stuff yeah. and they're about four or five, and then the the incident yesterday where one of the Calgary players handled the ball while shielding and uh, that was given as a free kick in in, in the in yes. attack for Calgary it's just please just consistency and also how, to, to both of you do you reckon Gianluca Mancini I know his idol was Matrix do you reckon he was a bit lucky not to stay not to get his marching orders for that tackle on Joao Pedro which left sadly sorry it left him in tears and left him in a crumpled heap and if it wasn't the advertising boardings went there he could have been in the fifth or sixth row of the, in, in the stand. It was quite naughty and quite bad. I know he says it's 50-50, and I've seen some Roma fans on social media saying this is the Roman that we love, but it's a bit lucky, isn't it? I I thought it was a, it was a silly challenge to make because it's not... I know people might think differently but it's not the type of challenge I think is needed there because there is a potential danger uh, if you if you commit to a challenge like that so uh, I, I didn't appreciate that I thought that it was uh, unnecessary it was a silly challenge and you need to have some class as a defender and if you have Matarazzi as your idol fair enough but he's not he's not the type of guy you know I would personally, you know, look up to if I was a defender. I would look up to, um, you know, it, it would make sense if you looked up to Cannavaro, Nesta, Baresi. Yeah, you know those guys. Yeah. Matarazzi, at best, uh, you know, an average defender who was known for playing it very dirty. Uh, the red cards, uh, probably. 
an okay person to have in the dressing room, but I think he, uh, I, uh, it's not my type. And then, then again, people are different. Some people prefer or, or like uh, those type of challenges. But for me personally, uh, not a big fan. Uh, should be some fair play at least. I will say this, but Imran, you, you call him an average defender, but I think when he top goal scorer for Peru during that 99-2000 season before seeing the move to Everton, I think didn't he score on that rain-soaked day that Juve lost the title and also he did win a treble with with Jose and the World Cup by scoring in the final and then getting Zizou sent off so I can see why he did. Mancini he did, likes him yeah yeah, yeah he did uh, win the treble but it's not like he was their most important defender he nah, was seven on the bench and he only played in the World Cup he scored in the final yeah but he only played because Nesta was injured so very true um, so Guys, yesterday, all in all, um, a good win and good to get it out of the system. and uh, a, a good reactional win to start 2022. I know Calorie beat Bologna and Sampdoria, and evidently Sampdoria sat their manager today, Roberto Diverso, and how still baffles me how Roman managed to draw with them in the final home game of the year. But, guys, we've got another game on... On Thursday against Lecce, uh, who are fifth in Serie B and who won at the weekend. They won 1-0 against, uh, let me just take a look. I have got their schedule in front of me. Uh, They won away at, is it Pordenone in Serie B, who are 19th. Yeah, um, I imagine the games, this is the first time they played since the 11th of December. And if my memory serves me right, wasn't some Serie B games called off just before Christmas for COVID? There was a whole program scheduled yeah. for Boxing Day, Sunday Boxing the 26th, yes, I remember, yeah. and Wednesday the 29th of December, and they were all postponed. Yes, because they were supposed to play Vicenza, and that got called off. They've only had one defeat uh, since the opening day of the season, which was a 3-0 away defeat at Cremonese. They've only lost once since that, and that was on the 11th of December against Pisa, who are top of Serie B. So in Serie B, you do have a, a host of clubs who are former Serie A clubs and hoping to get back into uh, into Serie A. So top of the league of Pisa on 38 points after 19 games. Second place is Brescia on 37 from 19. Benevento a third with 35. Cremonese a fourth with 35, Lecce a fifth with 34 and then Monza a sixth with 32, Frosinone a seventh with 31 and eighth of Cittadella who lost if didn't they lose in the playoffs to Venezia yeah. to get promoted last season and Palmer all the way down in 14th with 23 points from 18 games. So, guys, James, I'll come to you first, and I'll come to you, Imran. I know we talked a little bit about this on Friday. Do you expect a, a rotated squad going into the Coppa Italia game, or do you think Jose will put a strongest side out, knowing that he's only got the Empoli game going ahead before the international break? Yeah, I, I, I think the latter. I think he will, like he did in the game against Bodo Glimt, the home game. Yes. It was a... Uh, a mismatch. A, yeah, and it didn't turn out to be a, a decisive game in itself, but it was certainly very important because it meant 
that draw meant we did win the group in the end. So um, I saw the game in the previous round Lecce, Lecce played when they won at Spezia and they looked uh, quite an accomplished, tidy team. So uh, I don't think he'll be underestimating this. And of course, in recent seasons, we have had our fair share of like falling at the first hurdle in the Coppa Italia. So um, uh, I don't think he'll take that. Yeah, I think in the circumstances, we'll see a pretty, if not full strength, you know, uh, something close to it. Yeah, I would agree. I'm just looking at the results they've had. So, uh, oh, Calabrese scored. He's the ex-Roma player. Um, He scored the second and it's Litkowski. And they beat, they've actually beaten Parma and Spezia in the first two rounds. So they beat Parma in August, which was the first round of actions. They won 3-1 away at Parma. And then, as James said, 2-0. In uh, against Spezia, uh, Imran, how would you see Jose preparing for this game? Could you see him putting a strong side out before the Empoli game, knowing that he's got the international break to look forward to? I think it will be a mix. I think Kumbulla deserves uh, a chance to start because, like I mentioned, uh, he was one of the better performance uh, performers yesterday. He was um, for once uh, look tactically solid uh, apart from um, I think there was a challenge in the end where he um, where he uh, basically played the opponent onside um, apart from that I think he, he had a good game he should uh, he should definitely start against Lecce uh, and then um, I would still rest uh, Carso for another game and then let him play in the weekend so a bit, uh, uh, I wouldn't put the weakest side out there, I think, because Mourinho wants to win the Coppa Italia. So it would be, um, yeah, a mix, I would say. Yeah, I was saying I was saying to James pre-pod that Lorenzo Pellegrini won't be playing. I think he's, as James said pre-pod, that he's out till February due to the injury picked up in training. Uh, not in training, uh, pre-kickoff, which meant Jordan Varadu, came in um so i think you might see a little bit of rotation in the midfield i think you probably see sergio Oliveira playing get more minutes into his legs also because he hasn't really featured for porto this season in uh liga nosh i know he played quite a bit in the champions league but get more minutes into his legs and more minutes into ainsley mate niles who i think for, probably for the second game running looked quite good at right wing a right yeah. back for for uh yesterday and did quite good playing a little bit higher up before jose made those subs right near the end um you guys confident we can get through you didn't even know the last couple of seasons you've seen roma fall at not at this hurdle and then season previously at the 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 next stage against Juventus. But yeah, I think we're coming up to the almost a year anniversary of the Spezia debacle. I think Roma just want to get into the semis, maybe, maybe, sorry, and then just see what happens then. But are you guys confident? I'm confident, but uh, again, I I think it will be challenging. But yeah, ultimately, passing the turn, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident. Uh, it's always like this, James, isn't it? Being a Roma fan, we're, we're quietly confident and then always at the back of our mind, we're always pessimistic and yeah. see stuff can go <laughs> horrifically wrong like it has in the past. Like, oh yeah, Roma are 3-1 up against Juve. Nothing can go wrong now. Ah, oh, shit, we lost 4-3. Um, Imran, are you 
more confident, more chest is out, bit of swagger. Yeah, I think we should win it comfortably. But then, uh, yeah, I think we will win comfortably. I think if we win, we will play Inter next. So that oh, could be joy because they've got <laughs> they've got Empoli, haven't they? On I think it's Wednesday because yeah, yeah. it's Juventus Sampdoria tomorrow because both teams played on Saturday and so did Lazio and they're playing Udinese and I think Sassuolo who who have got Sassuolo in the Coppa Italia they're playing on Wednesday so yeah uh, oh joy so either Inter Ampli in the next round that's gonna be fun um, <laughs> I'm confident but I'm just see if if Robin get the first goal. I'm more than happy. If they're waiting for more and more and more time and it gets more uglier, that's when the nerves and the pessimist in us comes out. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. That could be quite good. Lecce are fifth. They were in Serie A a couple of years ago where they did have a horrific season conceding 80-plus goals with Liverani, the the Roma fan, who was, as me and Imran had done a podcast before, he was the out celebrating after when he was playing for Parma, wasn't it? Uh, Imran when Roma won the Scudetto, was that correct? He was playing for Perugia. I think. Perugia was it? Ah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I'm quietly confident. Uh, so guys, we've also got questions. As a, a tweet went out yesterday evening, uh, we are recording a new episode tomorrow. Feel free to comment below with your questions. We got two. Um, so we got one from at Zaniolo. Zaniolo is my. Um, apologies if I've absolutely botched it. I'll probably botch the next one. He goes, was sacking Fonseca the right choice? Uh, Imran, I come to you first and I come to James afterwards. Uh, uh, well, he wasn't, technically he wasn't sacked. He, no, his contract was, expired. Yeah, expired yeah. But uh, whether it was right to move on or not, it's difficult to say. Uh, perhaps he should have... Yeah. Perhaps he deserved a chance with better squad because he was stuck somewhere in between uh, in the transition process when the club changed owners. And then he didn't really have a proper Mercato last season. Uh, so I think he, he, he was working under very difficult circumstances. And uh, I'm grateful for him, you know, the way he, he did that because he was such a great professional. But you felt, I think, the, his last season... Uh, the way he fell out with Jacko, I think he lost uh, some of the trust, uh, you know, from the senior players. So he he, he probably didn't have uh, the confidence and uh, the belief from uh, the dressing room. And if you don't have that, I think it's difficult to continue. Uh, so perhaps it was uh, it was it was right that he went away. Um, James, do you echo those thoughts? I've got my own thoughts and I'll give them afterwards. But James, do you echo what Imran thought about Fonseca? About well, I'm speaking with a bit of hindsight now. I yes. wasn't so against at the time him leaving, but I did think there was rumour he could have grown with the team because still a relatively young coach, of course. And, um, and I think there were, you know, we saw a lot. And I think things this season would have gone better with Fonseca. Um now, whether that's because it's Mourinho's first season, I have my doubts about that. But um, so I think probably in the circumstances, I mean, there, there were other, you know, there's quite a lot of coaching talent available in the summer. People like Sari was available. Um, 
Italiano became available. Deserbi. Deserbi, uh, of course. But I think if I had, could have, looking back now, I, I would have kept Fonseca. I would have renewed his contract um, myself. No, yeah. Um, I think if Roma didn't have that massive dip in form, um, I think he could have stayed on for another year or so. Um, um, also, do you th- I think the injuries, the suspensions, the the pandemic, uh, the falling out with players, the um, the ownership battle. I think it came at probably the worst time for him. I always felt that he joined Ro- he joined Roma at the worst time where the club was still in transition after Di Francesco. Uh, they did a bit of an overhaul in the sum, in that summer of 2019 when on his arrival and got his players. Um, I know he had a massive falling out with Ed and Dzeko after the Seville game, if my memory serves me right, and then stripped him of the captaincy. But I think if Roma didn't have that massive dip in form and then put all the eggs in the basket in the Europa League, which failed miserably in Manchester and those 45 minutes, if first Roma fans could take anything back from last season, it would be those 45 minutes. I he got my, what he could out of that squad. I don't know if you both would agree, Marie. That squad was a little bit underwhelming last season. He got us up to third at the winter break, and Roma were playing excellent football. If you just remember the the Bologna win, they were five one up after about forty minutes, and it could have been eight or nine if they didn't stop uh, put the foot on the handbrake. It was wonderful to watch. He got the best out of Karsdorp. He. Re- Rejuvenated Rick Carsop's career miraculously, and you can see with the type of player that he is now, he just gave him the freedom of, of the right hand side of the mic. Rick, you can cause damage down there. Not rejuvenated Leon uh, Spinazzola before his horrific injury in the uh, in the in the Euros, and just to think, this time two years ago, and I think it was actually the anniversary is today that the Politano Spinazzola switched, which thank God it didn't happen. But I think. As I said, if he didn't have that two months where it went horrifically wrong, I think he would have. We would have him in his third season, and it still baffles me that no one's got him at the moment. He's still out of a job. <laughs> I, well, you know, I I get your point, but I beg to differ. Okay. At least, at least because we we shouldn't forget that you know the four nil defeat to Napoli. The four-one defeat to Atalanta, and yeah. that was during our best period. Uh, the three-nil defeat to Lazio in the derby. Uh, the Coppa Italia uh, against Spezia. Called Spezia, and then also remember, uh, which wasn't pretty at all, was uh, the home. I mean, the game, the, the two games against Ajax. I know we got the result, but the way we played. Uh, I would have preferred. I had some of the frustration with Fonseca. I wanted him because I looked at him as a progressive coach uh, who played uh, a different football than Roma played. I mean, ended up playing because I I, I think that uh, we were up there in the third place. Yes, but I don't think that we necessarily played that good football, despite uh, some of the victories that you mentioned. Uh, so. I think he he played very good football at Shakhtar. He was, uh, you know, 
I was very f- fascinated by the football he played. I was very curious and I was very excited when he came. I think that he had a lot of great ideas, but that uh, his ideas were a bit too ambitious for Roma at that time. Because firstly, I don't think we had the personnel to play that type of football. Secondly, I think he quickly had to adjust to Italian football. So he he basically walked away from a lot of his ideas, which I think was a bit uh, a bit sad because I think if he stuck to his ideas and just made some small adjustments, especially in defense, then we would have been much more fun to watch. But I think when he switched to the three-man defense, it gave us a lot of uh, you know defensive stability. We won, I mean, I think seven or seven out of eight games during the end of the season were you know in the middle of the pandemic, um, and then we started really well. But then again, I think we ultimately also yeah due to the injuries but we we just got lo- lost somewhere and the football we played against uh, ajax uh, is not the type of football you would want to see because we were so uh, we looked like underdogs while you know oh, the in team... the lead is also over the because we won the first leg no but even in the first game even okay. in the first game we, i think we were too defensive we ended up winning the game but i think we were too defensive we had the players to play uh, better football, more attacking football. Uh, I'm not saying naive football, but I, I still think that we had, um, you know, and the way we lost 6-2 to Manchester United uh, due to injuries, yes, but we, I think uh, it, we were a bit naive to, you know, we, we were 2-1 up and then in the second half we tried to kill the game by going 3-1 up. That was a bit naive. So there were some incidents like that, but you know he was a top man. He he's a, he he was a very charismatic guy. I, I I liked him. I wished it ended differently, but I think um, it, it was a bit uh, it was a bit uh, you know unfair. Um, a lot of the criticism he received. Because he was working under really difficult circumstances with the you know ownership change and everything, uh, but I, I I would just wanted to say that the, some of the frustrating football we have seen this season, especially in attack, we saw it against uh, we saw it in the we saw it last season too. I mean with that that game we lost two 0 to Parma, oh, that was so depressing and. Uh, so yeah, that's, I just wanted to no, no, that's fine. That's kind and, of uh, it's all about opinions and with us fans. That started the run, didn't it? That poor run, uh, which um, was it? Parma, uh, Napoli, Milan, because uh, Roman yeah, tried, yeah, it tried to throw their eggs in the, in the Europa League then, basket. And then you know we were progressing in the Europa League, so it, it just got too congested, and we were not. Uh, uh, we were we didn't have the squad to compete on two fronts, and yet we tried to do so. So it just ended up uh, with more injuries. We didn't help his situation at all. So yeah, so yeah, if you take everything into consideration, the, the result and everything was probably a bit harsh on him. But I think uh, we should have done better on many fronts. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just I think he was probably the wrong fit at the wrong time of what Roma were going through. But 
hindsight being 2020 and a couple of years later we got two more questions i just want to do them as quick as we can as possible because we've gone on a little bit longer than i uh than i, I planned to uh so and this is from uh, aristotle um outdoor to bounce back or to be out the door for loan or sale by january 2023 window are we witnessing me push zanelli more towards striker in keeping oops sorry my screen went black and keeping with it my thought is that if Chelsea buy back Tom, uh, Tammy, Moo is planning to have Nico be able to fill the boots by then. Uh, this is an open question to both of you. Uh, your thoughts about Aldo Shmodorov and Mourinho and Zaniolo? Well, I think that um, Zaniolo uh, isn't going to play as a central striker, at least not anytime soon. Mm. And um, I don't think Abraham's going to go back to Chelsea anytime soon either. Uh Certainly not this summer. Um, and Shemodorov, we have an obligation to buy him, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, I'm not really, not entirely sure what's going to happen there. But, because uh, I think things are going to be very uncertain up until the start or the end of the season mm-hmm. as to what happens on the playing front and on the coaching front, I think, you know, because things are very much, you know, it's an open question at the moment as to how the season's going to pan out. So uh, I think watch this space on that one. Yeah. Also, I think that might go down to what Jenna were doing because, as you saw over the weekend, they sacked Andre Shevchenko and uh, rumoured to bring in Bruno Labadia or Rudy Garcia. I think it's more Bruno Labadia. Um, but, yeah. Um, Imran, what were your thoughts on uh, Aristotle's question? I I think that uh, Shimoto, though, he, it's a bit uh, difficult to understand what exactly happened because I think he looked really promising in the preseason and he had a he had a good start to the season. Uh, that uh, that pass which led to Veretout's goal against uh, uh, Fiorentina that was that was a really clever and hard work uh i won't say assist but yeah i think he was third last on the ball so that was really good but somewhere along the way he also just got lost and looks very frustrated out of sync hopefully he can uh, he can find his way back uh, but i think he needs to play a, play a bit more consistently but unfortunately i don't think that he he He's not the ideal player to have if you want to press high and play that game we saw against Juventus. He's not the ideal player to start then. He's more like the player you would want to start or play when when you have opponents that give you space where he can where he can you know chase space and uh, behind the defenders. So he's more to me like a counter-attacking player. Which we actually saw yesterday because I thought he did actually pretty well when he came on, but his decision making wasn't the greatest. Exactly. Yeah, um, I think. And he's he, more... he, 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 yeah, he. Sorry, he's a good player to have. Uh, stretching defense. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We need to stretch in defense when you need to uh, win. When you need to keep possession because he's really good at. The, he, he, I mean, he always wins the all the challenges all the headers, and that's a handy man to have up there when you want to keep possession. So, but you know, you don't pay twenty million uh, euros to keep you know sign someone to keep possession on top. You want 
something more from a player of that value. So unfortunately, until now, we haven't seen it, but probably a bit early to give up on him now, and we don't have any choice. But if he if he doesn't start delivering until summer, I think he would want to move away from Roma where he can play more consistently. <laughs> and probably Roma will be interested in cutting their losses too uh, before the situation can get even, wor- even worse for him. Uh, uh, final question, uh, at underscore Kelvin2. This is four questions in one, so bear with me. <laughs> uh, which do you think is a better system for us? To for us, uh, the four-two-three-one or the three-five-two? So, guys, four-two-three-one or three-five-two? Right now, I would say four-two-three-one. In December, before I said three-five-two, three, because I yeah. think we, I think yeah. back then we needed it, but now uh, seeing the Juventus game, I think four-two-three-one. Yeah, yeah, James, I agree with that. Agree yeah, with I'm, that not yeah. big, I'm not like overly, overly into formations and their importance, but um, yeah, it, as as a basic framework, yeah, I think four two three one for the time being. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Also, as Imran echoed, three five two works up to a point, but when you change the shape against Juventus and you go three one up, um, yeah, stick with a four two three one, but. Could have used a little bit of tinkering in the final twenty-five minutes last week. Uh, second, second part of the four-part. Uh, what do you think of Zaniero as a winger? Is he isn't he best suited as a second striker? Um, for me, I think he's best as a number ten. But I do like because of his physicality, he can play out wide and he can cut in and cause problems. But I would love to see him as a number ten and with a direct run in. I think most teams now in Serie A like to double up on him. I don't know if you both have noticed this also, that teams do like to man-mark him out of the game and not give him a kick and then you see the frustration from us fans and then Mourinho wanting more protection over him. So what do you guys reckon? As a winger or a second striker, what's his best position? Second striker or at the courtist. I think, he plays, yeah. I think yeah. he's better when he plays from centre. Uh, from center, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'd only comment though that his physique's changed a bit, hasn't it? Have you noticed since his injury? I mean, his he used to be quite lean, and now yeah. he looks quite, um, Yeah, he's like a central. He's like a central defender almost. You yeah. Know? Uh, I think he's got into the gym quite a lot. I think over the I summer. I wonder what impact that will have on on his uh, style of play. And that's actually. That's actually a good point because uh, do you think he will now pick up more muscle injuries going forward that as he's put on this muscle mass that he's more susceptible to? Is it not? You're the doctor, you're the doctor, but yeah. (laughs) No, it's rather opposite. I think he will be less prone to Ah, uh, muscle injuries, but I think he will lose uh, some pace. I lose Uh, the explosive pace that he did have in his first Exactly. So I think he needs to... I think he needs to uh, lose a bit of that muscle weight. Yeah, because it could affect his heavy. sort of uh, elasticity, couldn't it? You know, uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, I think he needs to have uh, he he needs to work on that part as well before his knees because he needs strong a strong muscle core. So um, so so, that, so he needs to find a balance. 
Uh, a third question we've I think we've already covered this uh, was what were your impressions of Kumbula give what oh, what impressions did Kumbula give you tonight that was from yesterday I think he was Very ex- good. excellent I think he man marked yeah, yeah. Pavoletti out of the game um, he was excellent he was one of Roma's best defenders and probably the third best player on the pitch yep. and the final yeah, question great professionalism. Yeah, great. Prof- sorry, just had to add great professionalism. The way he took, you know, got his shit together despite, you know, having a very uh, tough time, hectic, hectic, yeah. tough time uh, in October. Um, yeah, I mean, exemplary guy. No, I thought I thought he played really well last night. I know I was just a bit septic. Especially, uh, I've botched that. Apologies. Uh, I was just a bit. Uh, his lack of pace against Jao Pedro and Pavoletti are not the most mobile strikers. But yeah. Uh, final question. Uh, does Roma even have a play style? Do you like how we play? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we've, we, I think we've, we've said a lot about that recently. Uh, criticized. I still don't believe that we have an, uh, an identity. I, I still don't, I don't. I still don't believe that we have an identity. I still. I, I think we're we're trying to build one. Uh, we're trying to create uh, an identity, but I, I. I still don't think that we are there yet. Oh, I think we're a long, long way from being in that position. To be honest. Yeah, I think we're a good twelve to eighteen months away. What's seeing true true Rome? I've always said this first season is going to be a tough watch. Is the two of the coach Mourinho and. Roma tried to mash something out, but yeah, I don't think you'll see the true Roma until maybe 2023 at the earliest. So yeah, um, guys, thank you very much for the questions. A really, really good chat about some actually some really good questions there, especially on the the Zaniola because we're not seeing the best out of him yet. But hopefully, fingers crossed. He's, remember, he's just had two ACL injuries and he's and he's feeling his way back. And James made an excellent point of his muscle mass because, yeah, he looks looks more physical now going forward. Um, Imran, James, brilliant. Really enjoyed tonight. We really, uh, really enjoyed your company. We've we've covered pretty much everything that we wanted to do. I um as also I've had Serie A in the background and Spezia have just won at Milan. So yeah, that was uh, didn't see that coming. When you get to see it, I'll talk to you off pod. But yeah, um guys, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um I've just it's been a good fifty odd minutes talking about some football. <laughs> thank you. Thank as you. always. No, I really enjoyed it. Uh, guys, you can follow us at themagicast.com. You can find all our previous podcasts on the, on the website. We've gone over 120 on the in the back catalogue. You can find us on uh, all the podcast platforms here, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, TuneIn, Podbean, SoundCloud. I, ne- I probably will forget some, so I apologise. Uh, once again, guys, it's been really enjoyable. Um, I do like these pods because we do like to have a good in-depth chat about Roma and uh, where we're going wrong, where we're going right, and we like to vent. And um, and also, once again, thank you to the over 1K followers on social media. You're, you're all wonderful people. We've got to the to where we want to be, and um, so hopefully we get some more more content from us guys. Always, we like to do stuff more weekly going forward, and. Uh, Always remember, Fossil Roma and ciao. Ciao.